Hello and welcome back to the Stop Asian Hate podcast. This is a collaboration between Slim Radio and Media Magazine, the magazine of communication science. This is part two of two in the podcast series where we'll be focusing on the Asian experience in Amsterdam, as well as some possible solutions to facing discrimination. Here with me today are... Ricky Koyman. I work for the um, Discrimination Complaints Office of Amsterdam and I work as a complaints officer. And this is Elon. I was a volunteer for the uh, protest on 27 March. Um, I've been living in Amsterdam for almost six years. I am originally from China. And this is Lynn. Um, I also was volunteering um, at the two protests. And uh, I'm currently studying UVA, communication science major. Uh, and I have been lived in Amsterdam for almost three years. Perfect. And I'm Tiffany. I'm half Hong Kongese, half Malaysian Chinese. I was born and raised in London. I'm currently a freelance journalist and a student here in Amsterdam. Okay, so um, Lin and Yilin, um, coming to what is seen as a multicultural and open-minded city, How did the string of recent attacks on Asian people here make you feel? Like, I'm, I feel like in uh, the first protest uh, that happened on 27th March, like, uh, there were a lot of students. Mm -hmm. So they were, like, sharing their stories because actually me personally, I haven't really encountered any discriminations in Amsterdam. But when I hear their story, um, like... It's not shocking that they're actually really similar, you know, like mm -hmm. getting um, verbal insulted on the street, yeah. uh, being thrown stuff on, mm -hmm. or even, you know, being pushed from the bike. So that was, you know, yeah. a little bit hard to think about because that kind of in some way, like maybe I start to be afraid to walk on the street to yeah. take public transportations because I don't want to take these things. It's not like... It's, it's not really related to, like, if I'm strong enough. It just simply, um, I don't want to take off this stuff, so maybe I'll choose to stay at home. Mm -hmm. So I feel that's really bad because none of us shouldn't, you know, be afraid to walk on the street because of uh, our race. Yeah. yeah. And just to clarify for the listeners, um, you guys organized two protests. Um, was it two weeks ago now? Um, What were the dates? So the first one was 27th. Mm -hmm. The second one was last Saturday, 10th of April. Yeah. yeah. And um, you had speakers come up and share their stories of discrimination and assaults, basically, for everyone to hear. Yeah. Yes. You were really, really brave. And I thought that some of the speeches were really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, same. I was like, because like some of them, they even, you know, they are like really emotional. They mm. cried. Yeah. But I feel like everyone, um, were, you know, were there, they... They also felt the empowerment yeah. of Speak Up. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I think that is really nice to see. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I hosted for the first uh, protest um, and I also shared my own experiences. Um, and I actually encountered this uh, a few years ago mm -hmm. where I got spit on my face um, in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm 
one of my favorite cities where、yeah. I had great memories, where I love so much.、Yeah. But my memories tied to Amsterdam would always have this、um, unfortunate incident, and I actually haven't really talked about it、mm. to my friends.、Um, I actually also don't know why I haven't really talked about it. I just always keep it、uh, to myself, and maybe it's also kind of a self uh, protection mechanism that I have.、Um, but、uh, when I took the mic、mm-hmm. um, and I started、uh, welcoming everyone and thanking them for coming here, and I just felt this urge to. To share this,、yeah. um, and just as Lin said,、uh, at that moment,、uh, this kind of togetherness、uh, and the safety and this sense of trust that we had、uh, with all the strangers, but we are also belonging to the same community. It was really powerful, and after、uh, my sharing.、Um, Many people came to me and they hugged me,、mm. um, and they just、uh, wanted to let me know that we were in this together,、um, and that was also really heartwarming and uplifting. Yeah, yeah. And why do you think you were reticent to share before? Did you feel like perhaps it was the wrong timing, or you didn't know how your friends were going to react, or? Maybe I felt it was strange in a way to、mm. bring this up in any kind of occasion. Yeah. So I, so I didn't, and actually I also got spit on my face in Berlin.、Oh, so there were two in the past、uh, few years,、mm. um, and also other incidents. It was、uh, for me difficult to identify whether. It could be considered as、uh, racist harassment or not,、mm. but at the same time, I would ask myself, "Hey, would it happen to a、uh, white mm. woman?" Mm-hmm.、Um, probably not.、Uh, for example, the other day、um, around six o'clock, so wasn't completely dark, and I was running in the park. And、uh, some cyclist、uh, passed me, and then they hit on me, and it didn't hurt that much physically, but it was really out of nowhere.、Yeah. And what I really、um, upset about was I didn't know how I could immediately react on that.、Mm-hmm. So I did shout on them with anger. But they just cycled away, and I was there by myself. Was、uh, yeah, just that moment. I don't know how to describe it, but with this anger, also this frustration, and this kind of、uh, why me? Why would this happen? And and also for me, I cannot possibly justify their intention.、Mm. So yeah. And I also would not share this with my parents because、yeah. I didn't want them to worry about me. So I kept it for myself for quite a long time until the protest.、Um, and I was also surprised that so many nation people had this 
shared experience. Mm. Um, it could be um, name calling. Um, and we all had this uh, similar feeling in a sense that uh, we were not sure it was uh, friendly or mm. it was because of some kind of ignorance or for fun. Um, so that also makes it questioning our own feelings. Um, yeah. So I I don't know how to acknowledge this kind of feelings. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that also makes it difficult for us to, to talk about it and also to process it. Yeah. Um, Ricky, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what the organization does, but also you can tell us how it makes you feel to hear incidents like this um, be passed off as, as minor or seen as not discrimination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, um, we are an independent organization, so the Discrimination Complaints Office. Um, however, there is a law in the Netherlands that says that every municipality should have an organization where you can report discrimination. And we are the official uh, organization for Amsterdam and the greater region of Amsterdam. And uh, anyone who lives in Amsterdam or around Amsterdam and who experienced discrimination his or herself or saw it happening uh, can make a report with us. And um, what we do with it, well, first of all, uh, uh, we do re registrations of, of the incidents. Um, which is really important to know uh, what is going on in society, to see if a certain type of discrimination is increasing or to see huh, what is happening. Um, but also, we actually, um, with every complaint, we try yeah, to see if we can do something. And, well, we really look per case what we can do. We are an organization that um, looks for durable solutions uh, uses an inclusive approach. So we're not an organization that uh, punishes. We are not lawyers or we don't have any uh, legal binding actions. It's really to find a durable solution. Um, but um, yeah, we can mediate, we can assist with going to the police, we can assist with other procedures. Um, uh, for example, going to the uh, Human Rights Institute, um, some, uh, sometimes when things happen on the streets, it's not always possible to really do something because we don't know who did it and there, there is no witnesses, etc. But then still, um, we can hear your story, talk about it. Um, there's a lot of different things we can do and we always... I, uh, we speak with our, I, I call it clients. It sounds a bit strange, but it's <laughs> clients. Um, um, we, we also... Yeah, we want to know from from them what 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 they want. So uh, it's really it's personal, and one person really wants to uh, uh, take action. The other person just wants to share their story and and just wants to know that it is reported and and that it's yeah, in the numbers. And people can also report anonymously if if they prefer. And um, yeah, you you asked me yeah, well, if I hear this story, mm. even though I I do this work for two years now and I know that these things happen in Amsterdam um, and still every time I hear it, it touches me and it, it, it makes me angry, it, it frustrates me and um, well, I, I've, I'm born and raised in Amsterdam and uh, I, I love my city as well. As you, as you described it, I have the same experience. 
but then you know that this is happening um, um, as well. Um, however, I, I am somehow glad that I can work for my organization and try to improve things. I yeah. mean, it's not like we uh, can always um, find the perfect solution or eliminate all racism or whatever, but there is things that we can do. Um, but I think also what, what you said is really interesting about keeping it uh, to yourself. I think there's a lot of people who uh, do that. A um, few years ago, there was a research from a government agency and um, well, it, it showed that only one in eight people reports discrimination in general. So not, not only at, at uh, discrimination complaints office, but also at police or other places. Mm. Um, and and uh, it, it's something negative. It's, it's something you might, hey, you don't want to uh, go through it again when you talk about it or you think like, what, what can we do about it? It's just the way it is. So um, many people have these thoughts and then, well, I would still encourage people to, to report it um, with an organization like, like our organization or to speak about it with others. Um, uh, it, 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 it could help to have to, 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 to for, have for your, for your feeling to, 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 to talk about it with someone who listens to you, but also to take action. And uh, as I said, the numbers, it sounds a bit like, oh, statistics and numbers, but it's really uh, important. Um, yeah, I also, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proof and data, I think, is really important. At the very least, even if you think that, you know, yeah. a, a, a cat call or, or just a shout from across the street yeah. was nothing because you're comparing it to much worse assaults, it at the very least, it's a number. Exactly. And and if I can um, talk about some numbers to show how important Absolutely. numbers are. Yeah. Um, so we have a system where we register all, all types of, of reports of different types of discrimination, but we do keep track of also uh, um, uh, discrimination against people with, with Asian roots. And let's say in 2018, we had only eight reports. And it is also a sign that people didn't know us because mm. it doesn't say anything about what really happens. Yeah. Okay, 2019, we had 10 reports. So still a, a low number in mm. comparison to what happens. And then 2020, the year of the pandemic, we had 523 reports. I do have to um, explain something about it because four, well, more than 400 of these reports were about the same thing, about the um, song that was um, on Radio 10, a, a really offensive and, and discriminatory uh, uh, song um, um, in February last year. I'm not sure if you, if you heard about it. Uh, yeah. So. We had 400 uh, reports about that. But apart from these 400, we had 117 reports uh, yeah, about um, um, discrimination against Asian people. And it's mo almost all of them are related to the coronavirus. Mm. Uh, that's, that's really So if I say out these numbers loud, it's, you see the, the impact of, of uh, um, what, what numbers uh, can say and... and also, um, uh, in let's say news reports about, um, uh, for example, what happened around that song on on Radio Ten, 
they show these numbers and it it does have an impact also on who reads it. Absolutely. Um, and were you guys aware of such an organization? Um, how do you think knowledge of organizations like these can affect the Asian experience in Amsterdam? Um, actually, in fact, personally, uh, before I attend the protest, mm-hmm. um, I didn't really know about um, organizations that's you know against Asian hate or help just in general minority groups. Um, so I'm really glad um, that there's such organizations exist. Um, and also, I think it's very important that um, we acknowledge this sort of organization or way of reporting to people. Um, so, you know, because, you know, like Elon before, she didn't feel the urge to share the story. But um, if they know there is an organization, there is um, someone they can go to, even they just, you know, share the story with, not necessarily, you know, taking really hard action like we're gonna go after that person mm, you know mm-hmm. but at least um they can share the story with someone and i believe that will help them to you know um to regain a lot of um, positive things and also um so during the protest we also have this um those polices from um the chinese network department yeah and i actually i didn't know about this department um before the protest so um, they're actually, you know, a department where um, you can also report to them. Mm-hmm. And also they uh, encourage everyone to report because um, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, just like you walk on the street and someone say ni hao, you know, to you. But I think as long as it makes you feel uncomfortable, yeah, that is something mm-hmm. because it makes you uncomfortable because um, I don't think I will walk on the street and... I want to just say random things to other people and, you know, to make their day awful. I think that just in some way it's it's like a systematic problem. Like, as also we talk, um, someone shared in the protest, like, your joke is not funny. Mm. And your joke is not our joke. Yeah. So um, stop doing that. And also uh, there was someone sharing at the protest that was really empowering was um, this girl. She said that, um, check your friends, you know, check your Asian friends. Uh, when you see something like this happen on the street, on tram or on metro, you need to step out. Mm. Like, we all need to help them. It doesn't matter if you're Asian or you're black, you know. It doesn't matter, you know, as long as you see someone who's, like, doing this to other people, then you should be the one to step out. You know, this is really not okay because... When people are not sharing, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Mm. So so I'm really glad, you know, uh, maybe we could acknowledge more about yeah. how to report and how to find help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and also what you said about um, um, people saying something like something weird like ni hao or something. And you maybe you doubt, like, is it discrimination looking from a legal perspective? For our organization, it doesn't matter if it if it's discrimination for you. You can make a report with us, so mm-hmm. um, you can always um, yeah tell us your experience and and discuss it. But you don't have to worry about is it uh, legally discrimination or not. It's about your experience. Yeah, it's the opening of a conversation, right? And you yeah. can decide how far you want to take that together or what steps you'd like to take. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, just going back to the thing that you mentioned about the friends, what do you think some of the ways our friends and our allies can support us in this time? Um, you mean organizations or just in general? In general, um, friends of Asian people. Well, I think um, I was, I mean, I was really happy to see, you know, the um, Asian community was gathered together. Yeah. Um, so, um, and I, like, I think people should talk about, you know, like, because I think Asia generalized, like, people just generalize mm. Asia as, like, one country. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you guys are the same, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that's, first of all, really not okay. So I think it's really important that people go educate themselves mm-hmm. about um, the different cultures um, in Asia and um, all of this beautiful, you know, cultures there and then those really yummy food, you know. It's just like I see those um, posters that say, you know, you love our people just like you love our food. Mm. So I think it's really important that for those people to first educate them, try to understand, you know, a different culture background and just be open, really. And when your friend is encounters something bad, be a good listener. Yeah. You know, uh, like, you don't have to judge or say anything because maybe most of the time people just want someone to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or just... Check on your friends, check on your Asian friends and start a conversation. Mm -hmm. Don't shy away from, um, I felt, for example, don't shy away from that um, you think you don't know that much about their cultural or your concern that if you open a conversation, uh, will it be inappropriate? I think at this time, just check on your friends, um, ask ask them about how they are doing, um, and it's much appreciated. Mm. Because we know you're coming from a good place if you're our friends, you know, we know you. Um, yeah. So Lynn and Elin are part of the committee that launched Stop Asian Hate, which is an activist movement, and obviously also organized marches and protests. Maybe you guys could talk me through that journey um, from the beginning about, you know, how... You decided to come together. What were the emotions that brought it on at this time? Um, so actually, it was um, our friend uh, Leslie. Mm-hmm. So actually, um, she applied for um, this um, protest. Um, then she started to um, asking people on Instagram, says if um, other people want to help her, you know, um, to organize this event. So basically, that's how I. Um, knew her and then how I started in this journey um and then basically we formed groups and then um yeah like and then Elon was there as well so it was really amazing that how you know all of us we don't know each other Mm. even we're all in the Netherlands but we don't know each other and then as soon as we're in the group and we start to you know divide the task and we just started there's no like talk or chat like oh you know how are you doing those kind of <laughs> things we just uh start right on the spot so that was really um surprising and then actually before 27s we we actually had like four days in total okay. to prepare wow. yeah, yeah yeah the whole thing no way yeah so you know we have to apply for a permit <laughs> and everything right yeah yeah but actually i think that was uh a really nice thing it's like if people want to um also apply for such things it's you actually don't really need like a permit to like from the city hall you Mm. just need to inform them okay 
So and then they will contact you for like because at this moment it's really important for them to know that you're following the um, Corona the rules, measure and yeah. everything. So actually, but uh, everyone was like helping us actually. So I feel like that was really nice, and yeah. I really appreciate everyone. You know. Yeah, I joined the uh, volunteer team um, quite early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also got a lot of help from other friends and actually my colleague, uh, she worked for a NGO before and she knew quite a lot about this kind of uh, nonviolence direct action. So I got a lot of great advice from her um, and that was also the moment when it came to us that actually communications within the participants also matter a lot. Mm. And also the possible questions that we might get from the media and also the messages in general that we would like to send out. Um, So we uh, created a briefing together uh, to inform about this uh, protest to the participants. Um, On one hand, was to uh, also prepare them because we understand that most of them are just like us. It was also the first time where we attended this kind of event. So Mm. it could be a reassurance for them to be prepared um, in a way. And also it was uh, for ourselves um, just logistically to prepare for the whole process. Mm. Um, And we were also doing a lot of uh, coordinating work. Uh, For example, the preparation of the materials um, and uh, looking for speakers, um, asking around to see who would like to share their stories. Um, It was immature in a way because we didn't have all the fancy equipment to set up a extra stage. I actually brought my own uh, portable uh, speaker trolley um, (laughs) and we had two great uh, volunteers who helped um, actually stick the microphone to the trolley speaker so that it could actually work uh, for the two hours. (laughs) So yeah, everything just came together um, and it was a flow. Uh, and just as Ling said, we didn't know each other. Mm. And for me, I've been here for almost six years. I don't have that many no friends, um, also because I'm an introvert. <laughs> uh, but for me, it was the best way to meet new people. Mm. So we connected, um, we became friends, we met up with each other after the protest. Wow. Um, and also I would le- like to mention that we also had a lot of non-Asian volunteers. Mm. And we also became friends. So this um, sense of togetherness is really sweet and empowering. Nice. Yeah, I really felt that too. I know what you mean about the kind of immaturity, as you say, or naivety. But I think the beautiful thing about this protest in particular was that you really felt the emotion. It was a very emotional march. um, I mean, protest. um, And there was a lot of passion behind it. And I think that really, really is clear. Um, So I think this is kind of a moment in Asian history in Europe, right? We're kind of, there's 
a lot of media attention. It's really in the public discourse for once. And it's really all over social media. I think there is a risk sometimes with these kind of movements that they come and then they go. You know, it's everybody's story and then people tend to move on. What do you hope to come out of this movement? What do you hope sticks in people's minds? Like, I hope um, people from now on will be encouraged to speak up. Yeah. Um, you know, like um, you guys mentioned before that, you know, uh, sometimes when you get some, you know, uh, it seems like not that um, like extreme insulting, you know, then but people question themselves like, oh, maybe I'm just too sensitive. You know, maybe they're just uh, trying to be friendly to me or have a little joke with me. So maybe I am the one who should, you know, um, back up and think another way. But I think that's just how we always think mm -hmm. in this community. Um, so I just want to encourage people or, you know, I hope those things will encourage people that when you feel uncomfortable, um, then you should, you know, stand up and speak up because that's what makes you feel uncomfortable. Um, and also, um, we hope to deliver like the right ways for people um, to report. So those are the really important informations. Um, so yeah. Yeah, just like you said, and also we had our social media account, uh, Stop Asian Hate Amsterdam on Instagram. We are currently um, operating it uh, and later on we will also be sharing more stories on this platform. And because of the uh, protests, we now created a online community. Mm. Um, around more than 300 people and we were we are quite active in this group as well where we constantly share not just our stories but it could also be a news article or the happenings um, around this topic and in the world where we could feel safe and trust to talk about it and as Lin said a lot of time we may even question ourselves am I being too sensitive. Uh, but I think the most important thing is to really acknowledge our feelings and to talk about it. Yeah. And, and also this feeling of being supported um, among these communities. Um, and then we really encourage each other, as mentioned, to report it. Yeah, um, that leads me nicely onto my next question, actually, because this is um, a nuanced and complicated question, but I was very interested to see what you all thought about this. So as we've been through many Asians who are reticent to report assaults thinking they're too minor, and I often hear people cite the black experience to compare um, both non-Asians and Asians. Um, what would your stance be on this? How do we articulate room for intersectionality between people of color? For me, it's about um, solidarities. Mm. So I understand there are different backgrounds and different contests when we are talking about, for example, Black Lives Matter mm. and Stop Asian Hate. But I think um, from my understanding, ultimately what we all ask for is equality 
for everyone. So personally, I am also um, for myself. I translate、uh, some articles for both Black My、uh, Black Life Matter and Stop Asian Hate, and I am actively sharing this information、um, among my circle. And、um, what I get as response is also the sense of togetherness. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with it.、Um, also, I think it's important to acknowledge the specific things and stereotypes that different groups deal with, and it's really important also to create awareness and to break those stereotypes. But in the end,、um, yeah, we all want the same and be treated equally and not being put in boxes, stereotypes, whatever.、Um, yeah. So also at our organization, we get reports from all different. People, cultures, black people, Chinese people.、Um, so yeah, important to recognize the the different things we、yeah, the groups deal with, but in the end, we want the same.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and also like、um, like Elin mentioned in the protest, we have not only Asian peoples, but also you know people from other communities. So I think it doesn't matter what is your regards of your. Race background or your culture background, no one should ever be afraid to walk on the street、mm. because of their skin color. Absolutely, yeah. So I really think that we should all support each other. Like I said, it doesn't matter what you see. Um, you see someone's being bullied on the street or being insulting on the street. It doesn't matter where they from. You should just, you know, as a human being, you should step in and stop it and help them. Absolutely, I think. Given the all the events in the recent years, it's more important than ever for people of color to stand together and support each other in sol- solidarity. Because if we start comparing, we start dividing, and then we only uphold the structures that destroy us all. Right? Exactly. And and I think also the other way round. I mean, maybe it's not nice to say, but people that、uh, do have strong stereotypes and、mm. and act in that way. Um, it's very likely if they have stereotypical thoughts about one group that they have it about other groups as well. It often goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it takes unlearning on all sides. To be honest, yeah, yeah.、Um, so Ricky, I wanted to ask you during an implication with someone, or if you find yourself in an implication with someone who's being intimidating or threatening in a racist way, what do you think is the best course to take? What kind of things can you do to either defend yourself or de-escalate the situation? Yeah, so it's it's a really good question, and and it really depends on the person and the case. Well, first of all, if it's um, if I, I would yeah, look if it if the situation is is safe or not. If it's a really um, if it's dark and you're alone, for example. Exactly, if you're dark alone in the street or. Or you don't feel safe.、Um, in that case, um, um, I would not look for a confrontation and and、uh, just go to a safe place or or、uh, call the police if necessary.、Um, so、uh, that's for for the really、uh, um, yeah unsafe situations.、Uh, but let's say、um, you are with a colleague or、uh, a friend that makes a comment and.、Um, You're like, whoa! That's that's actually inside. I feel this is really insulting or not okay.、Uh, 
Um, I would encourage to start a conversation about it, even though it can be really difficult. So it depends on the person you're with. Uh, um, if it's your boss and um, you're uh, working a job with a temporary uh, contract, um, yeah, I, I can completely uh, imagine you don't you're, yeah you don't feel comfortable uh, uh, speaking out. Also, then I would advise to report the situation with us and we can help you in the background. Um, but let's say it's with a friend or someone you trust more or less. Um, I would try to start a conversation and first of all um, explain what the effect was on you because no one can deny how it feels for you. If you feel sad or you feel angry, no other person can tell you you don't feel that way. It's mm. your experience. No, no one can. Yeah, so, so that way you don't start um, the debate, but you show someone the effect on you. Um, I think that is also really important uh, uh, to do. And um, um, by, by um, showing it and talking about it, you make someone think. And... Um, probably it, it, it can lead to confrontations, yes, because other people uh, don't want to hear they do something bad or that they, they, they say, ah, I'm not racist or mm. whatever, but it is important to speak about it because you have to tell someone that it is not normal to say such thing. And if you let it go, and again, there is enough situation where I understand you don't always want to be in a conflict, an argument, but... Um, yeah, it, it is important to say it to people to change their thinking and eventually change their behavior. I have a question. Um, many of us, um, many of us ask, um, what kind of evidence if we need to provide? As uh, sometimes uh, things happen really quickly. And um, yeah, people may not be able to, for example, take a photo or made a film. So this is also one of the reasons why they choose not to report. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's important to make a distinction in what kind of report you want to make. If you want to make a report um, at the police and um, you want uh, the, the person to be prosecuted, okay, in that case you need really good evidence because without evidence they cannot prosecute another person. Um, but with our organization it's different. Um, so you don't need proof. Um, uh, you can always talk about us with this situation or make a report online, whatever you feel comfortable with. And then we look what we can do. For example, if it happens uh, at work um, and um, you do want uh, uh, there to be some mediation or a conversation with, with that specific colleague or boss or whatever, um, there's ways for us to initiate this uh, mediation and you don't necessarily need to have uh, proof because we're not going to prosecute anyone uh, we do always we apply the principle of fair hearing again if it's the example of at work we would write a letter state what what happened in in, in your view and we will ask for their point of view but we will support you and um, for example try to have a conversation with that colleague or or the boss or whatever um, but it's 
uh, even if you don't have uh, proof, don't worry. You can always report it with us and then, um, yeah, we can always see if there's anything we can do. Okay, that's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah. I would like to add, though, obviously, if it's a safe situation, I think that sometimes filming um, quite subtly, if you can, can sometimes de-escalate the situation. If, you know, the assaulter feels like they're being surveilled, they're more likely to wind it down a little bit. Um, and perhaps you might feel safer, too, knowing that you now have proof um, was something that a friend told to me after she got assaulted quite badly last March. Oh, we actually have a girl. Her name is Sijie. She mm-hmm. also gave a speech um, at the protest on um, last week. So she actually encountered um, um, last last week uh, when she was um, going home. So she was at the metro station, and then um, there were two guys started yelling at her like virus. Um, so, um, but luckily there was a, another girl. She was there. She stepped out. So she helped her. But then as Sijie, she she tried to, you know, take a video. But this two guy, they were trying to smash her phone and, like, take her phone away because, like, and then they were, like, covering their face because, you know, they don't want to be filmed. So mm-hmm. um, so maybe that's, like, depends on... Yeah, it definitely depends yeah. on, on the context. But but luckily, you know, uh, there was someone uh, stayed with her and then uh, they went to the police together mm-hmm. to report. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think they also identified one of the guys from the photo evidence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a really similar thing happened to me as well last year. Um, someone very, very close to my house was shouting at me from a bench like, you're the virus, um, Chinese, get out, get out, you're disgusting, you're a disease, whatever. And, you know, I was in a very safe situation. I felt safe. I was close to my house, but I was with friends. Um, and to be honest, it was 5 p.m. And I, I wished I'd know that if I had filmed that, then I would have possibly um, been vindicated in some way because I went home and I felt super frustrated. And I just really felt this weight inside of me. But I think even just emotionally, I would have felt better knowing, you know, I had proof. Um, yeah, yeah. And and also, I, I would like to emphasize that it's important that people who see discrimination happening, that they step out as well. Um, of course, there are things you can do yourself uh, when it happens to you. But if someone sees it happening to someone else, uh, it's important to to also uh, help the person that's being discriminated or um, um, talk to the one who did it and, and uh, speak out to mm. show again, hey, uh, I do not agree with this. It's not okay yeah. what you're doing. Um yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's like really important because I think for a lot of people um especially they're not when they're not in the minority groups and they never experiences such things, so they don't know that feeling. So until the day they experience such things, they will start to realize the importance, but we cannot wait until that day to come. You cannot wait until to fight back when you get hurt. So I think Again, it is so important why we need to continually um, acknowledge people about these things that it doesn't matter it happened to you before or it doesn't happen to you ever, but it's really important. You know, you you need to look around. You need to maybe put yourself in other people's shoes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and as uh, Sijie shared her story, 
many of us in our Asian communities, we also are telling ourselves, next time when I see someone who is in this situation, I would definitely stand up for the other person as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, Lynn and Elin, what are the next steps for Stop Asian Hate? What can people look out for? Um, I think now we're like collecting stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we kind of share this information in um, different platform or groups that we have formed. So we encourage people to share their stories with us um, in you know all type of form. If you are comfortable to make a video or you want to make a poem, mm-hmm. it's all good. You know, as long as it's the way you would like to share your feelings, and we want to encourage people to do that, and we want to share those stories to um in our social medias because i feel like um you know as our social medias like focus on the netherlands or in amsterdam specifically so uh we want people to feel like sense of community that if um they encounter such things they have a place to go um they have their they can share their stories on and i believe that can also affect other people like i said so they will start to go check their friends or um, just start to be open-minded, you know, start to re- like question themselves like, yeah, you know, maybe those things are not okay, uh, even though I'm not that part of um, that community. But just outsider, I, yeah, maybe they start to think about the things. And I think when you get people to start to thinking about the things, then that's a good start. Yes, exactly. As you said, for the Asian community, it's about speaking up. And for the non-Asian community, we hope they could listen. Mm. And people can find you on Instagram at Stop Asian Hate Amsterdam. Yeah. At Stop Asian Hate Amsterdam. There we go. And um, people can find the MDRA on the website. Yeah, mdra.nl. And we also have uh, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn where you can find us. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for joining me. And thank you very much for listening. Take care of you and each other. Goodbye. Bye.